Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And by Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to our show number 968. On today's show, we'll connect with a guest from sunny Florida, and we'll hear from a western bird known as the voice and soul of the oaks. But we'll start with audio postcards from the Northeast and the Midwest, first from another of our Talking Birds team members on her end-of-the-year Christmas bird count in a town just west of Boston, here in our Talking Birds home state of Massachusetts. Hi, it's Debbie Bleacher, and I am out here at Barton Farms in Sudbury doing a Christmas bird count. And I am with... Becky. And... John. We are really excited uh, because even though we can't hear any birds right now, we have seen a fox sparrow, a bunch of pipits, um, a whole lot of starlings, white-throated sparrows, a ton of um, uh, red-winged blackbirds, and... We think we heard a winter wren <laughs> and uh, golden crown kinglets. Yeah, uh, lots of cardinals. We we're having a great day. We've got other destinations, so uh, we're going to move on. But uh, just wanted to say hi and happy birding. All right. Thank you, Debbie. Now it's on to Wisconsin for our second audio postcard of the day. Hello, Ray. This is Peggy from Madison, Wisconsin. I'm at the Cherokee Marsh by the Yahara River. And there's thousands of tundra swans in front of me. They're all hanging out, migrating through, taking a rest. We've had them come through for the last couple of weeks. And it's actually 55 degrees here in December, which is a bonus day. Beautiful birds. Hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, Peggy. May you have the same for the rest of this weekend. And thanks for that Tundra Swan-infused audio postcard. It's gotten a little chillier there since Peggy sent us that card. We just checked 29 degrees at that spot on the north side of Madison, Wisconsin. Well, Talking Birds listeners, wherever you're looking at birds, that is the perfect spot for the creation of an audio postcard whether it's in your backyard or any place else, we'd love to get them. And if you'd like to make one, just fire up a recording app on your smartphone or other digital recorder and voice a 30 seconds to a minute or so description of what you're seeing. Then send the resulting file to ray at talkingbirds.com. That's ray at talkingbirds.com. And to make sure we get the email, remember, there's no G in talking. What we're listening to there is our mystery bird. This is actually not the mystery bird contest. It's a little preview to get you ready for the actual thing a little bit later on in our show. We'll give you some clues here and info on the bird. It's a large member of the thrush family, about 10 inches long, with a plain brown back, white underwings, and heavily spotted breast and flanks. It's gray on the rump and on the head, which sports a white eyebrow. 
Our bird, which feeds on insects and earthworms in the summer, berries in the winter, breeds in woodland and scrub, mostly in northern Europe and Asia, but is seen occasionally in scattered locations around the U.S. and southern Canada, including just quite recently in Sturgeon Falls, Ontario, about 250 miles north of Toronto. So description there. Sound and kind of the range of our mystery bird. As usual, some gorgeous prizes uh, await on our mystery bird contest. Let me just look those up here to make sure we have those prizes. We'll give you the number right now just so you'll be ready to call when the the time comes a little bit later on in this morning's show. And uh, hold on, we'll get one second here. We'll find these beautiful (laughs) prizes today. Our first prize is, um, I thought I had it right here, but I, but I don't. But don't worry, because I will find that prize. We, uh, we kind of make, uh, make it a point to uh, have the prizes that we uh, are going to give away here so we can give a little description of uh, what they are. And, boy, we are so close to finding out what those prizes are. You wouldn't just it's the Mega 600-feeder? Is that one of them? I think so. That would be the Brome Mega 600 uh, feeder. Thank you, Jesse, for that uh, info. I'll give a little more detail about that. It has an extra large tube that holds nearly two and a half pounds of seed. It's easy to clean and chew-proof. Nice when squirrels are around, as they kind of always are. It also includes the Brome seed ventilation system to keep the seed cool and dry. It comes with the Brome Lifetime Care Warranty. Folks at Brome are pretty famous for their wonderful customer service, by the way. From our new friends and prize providers at Fresh Cut Paper, makers of beautiful life-size pop-up floral bouquets that are wilt-proof and crafted to last a lifetime, we have a certificate for five bouquets. And yes, they have bird-themed bouquets among their selections. Their bouquets, by the way, also have a small fraction of the carbon footprint of imported flowers. And Fresh Cut also plants a tree for every bouquet sold. Wonderful folks providing prizes here on our Mystery Bird Contest. And we'll do the actual contest uh, coming along here in just a little bit. Here's a salute to the folks that we call Talking Birds Ambassadors. They are listeners who have kind of stepped up to the next level, helping us do what we're trying to do, spread the word about birds and conservation. Thank you to Marianne Delvecchio from Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you, Marianne. And thanks to Lloyd Cheney from Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Lloyd says he's been listening to Talking Birds, quote, for years, end quote. Thank you, Lloyd, for that loyal listening and for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. Well, we'd like to invite all Talking Birds listeners to start off the new year by joining our Talking Birds Ambassadors family, now more than 850 members strong, thereby helping us get the word out to as many folks as possible about the wonder of birds and birding and the vital importance of conservation. Signing up, easy to do, by clicking on the Get Involved tab right at the top of the homepage of our website, TalkingBirds.com. Still to come today, we'll talk with our friend Jim Eager, who's busy preparing for one of America's biggest birding festivals down in Port Canaveral, Florida, the Space Coast Birding and Wildlife Festival. 
Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us for a Let's Ask Mike segment almost live from the archive on how to help birds find your new feeder out in the backyard. By the way, that segment is from a show from January of 2019, a show on which our friend David Clapp was our guest. And it apparently was before the big feud between David and Mike had really gotten going. And up next, a plain but perky bird that makes its year-round home in the oaks of the far west is today's featured feathered friend. Today's featured feathered friend is as plain as a bird can be. At least that's how National Audubon describes the oak titmouse. In fact, this bird and the juniper titmouse were once grouped together as a single species known as the plain titmouse. The oak titmouse is mostly brownish-gray on the back and wings with lighter gray undersides and a plain gray face. Like its titmouse relatives, it does have a jaunty crest. Males and females are virtually identical, at least as far as humans can tell. And the oak titmouse carries the distinction of being known as the voice and soul of the oaks. Our bird makes up for its modest appearance through its active and very vocal behavior as pairs or family groups zip through the woods together, calling frequently to each other as they explore for insects in the foliage and bark of tree branches and large twigs. The oak titmouse lives year-round from southern Oregon, south through California, west of the Sierra Nevada, to Baja, California, with the preferred habitat of dry oak and oak-pine open woodlands. The oak titmouse lives year-round from southern Oregon, south through California, west of the Sierra Nevada, to Baja, California, with the preferred habitat of dry oak and oak-pine open woodlands. It's also found in mixed forests where oak trees are present. And here's a song of the oak titmouse. It's Biolophus inornatus. Inornatus means plain. The modest-looking, but active and vocal, voice and soul of the oaks. Today's featured feathered friend, the oak titmouse. Welcome again to our show number 968. Uh, we're, we're, we're in the process of connecting with our guest this morning. We seem to, <laughs> we seem to have multiple uh, connection issues going on here, but we will uh, we usually figure these things out, and I'm hoping we will figure this one out. We don't have Jim yet. Okay, we'll try to keep uh, on there and getting Jim or uh, see if Jim will uh, give us a call there, and we'll connect one way or another. Uh, let's see what we can do in the meantime. We could invite you to join our Talking Birds flock. What that is is the Talking Birds Facebook group for Talking Birds listeners. It's the Talking Birds flock. We have several hundred members in our flock. If you'd like to join in with them, and you know, you can share photos and videos and thoughts and suggestions and ideas. Anything about birds. Uh, is a fair game there in our Talking Birds Flock Facebook group. And you can just go to facebook.com slash Talking Birds Flock to join up. 
And speaking of joining up, I believe uh, Jim Eager has joined us on the phone here. Good morning, Jim. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Good to How have are you. you. Doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you. Good, good to have you. And uh, we're excited to hear about the Space Coast Birding and Wildlife Festival. Of course, um, you were planning this, if I'm not mistaken, in February of 2022. And COVID intervened kind of at the last minute. It was a just a tough situation there. But now it's uh, underway again, beginning on January 24th. And Jim, I wonder if you'd give us kind of a, a, a broad picture and overview of the festival. Well, uh, this will be the 25th festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it started in 1997. It's before, before I moved to Florida. Uh-huh. And it was started by a, a lady named Laura Lee Thompson, who is fifth generation that lives here in Brevard County and very passionate about the environment in in the area here. And it has grown to one of the largest festivals in the country. Um, Yeah, go ahead, Jack. And and, well, we we actually have a booth presence and we'll take our festival to other festivals to promote ours. And likewise, they will do the same. And Mm -hmm. one of the things we advertise is uh, we show up in shorts and T-shirt and say, "This is this is Florida in January." If you're in <laughs> Ohio or Pennsylvania or someplace like that, ah, I love it. Wonderful speakers, including uh, the great photographer Kevin Laughlin and our friend John Kreischer, co-authors of Galapagos Islands: A Journey of Wonder. Um, you have the Bird Chicks, Sharon Steitler, doing a presentation. Another great photographer and guide, Kevin Carlson, uh, with a yes. talk called Reflections. Of a grateful birder, and something special, for, uh, especially for uh, young birders, Jim. Right, uh, yeah. Along with the American Birding Association, tell us a bit about that. Well, we're we're kind of trying to promote uh, young birders as some of us get older and uh, hopefully don't go by the wayside. But you know, <laughs> uh, we we need to get the younger generation uh, in tune with it. So we have a a two-hour boat trip on a pontoon boat hmm. uh, scheduled and uh, hoping to get some young birders out there. And We'll have um, Laura Garrard, who's the uh, ABA Young Birder Coordinator, and uh, a fellow named Jim McGinnity, who lives on the west coast of Florida, who's, who's uh, really uh, started up the, uh, the young birder um, uh, trying to get people in different parts of the state, uh, Young Birders uh, Network is what it is. And mm-hmm. so uh, so we're looking forward to that. You have and some... I've always, yep. I've always, I've always liked the, the idea of the Young Birders. Uh, we just haven't had a much of a, a, a success trying to get it started here in our own county. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like a wonderful thing and a wonderful idea. Many other trips, uh, there are field trips and speakers and all kinds of stuff going on there. And Jim, I always we always talk about, you know, a, a couple might go down there and one member of the couple is a birder and the other is not. So um, there are lots of other things, of course, to do down there, both with the festival for non-birders and outside. You mentioned uh, Laura Lee Thompson. I know she's giving a talk there that sounds interesting about rock yeah. shrimp and all kinds of stuff like that, kind of a culinary connection, I think. Uh, well, she owns... She owns a very, very famous restaurant in mm-hmm. Titusville, which is just a little north of where I live in Cape Canaveral, and mm-hmm. it's 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 world renowned. Yeah, 
a wonderful place to visit while you're down there. Tell us about some of the other things that folks can do for, for non-birders again. Well, we have the beach steps away <laughs> Yeah, here on the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Kennedy Space Center. Mm-hmm. We have we have several um, eco-tour companies that uh, you can go out and spend a couple hours out on the Banana River uh, looking, you know, enjoying a, a nice boat ride and getting some, some narrative about uh, the wildlife and, and some of the area around here. By the way, you're a field guide leader yourself for many, many years. I wanted to give a little plug for your uh, field uh, trip company. And it's <laughs> this is a name you can't forget. Maybe you can tell us very quickly about this name. It's Obsessive Compulsing, sorry, Obsessive Compulsive Birding. Dot com. Where did yes. that name come from, Jim? Well, I used to I used to work in a nature center, and I also worked on, as a naturalist and narrative on pontoon boats on these these type of eco tours on mm-hmm. the banana and the Indian River around here. Mm-hmm. And I often told people that I suffered from OCBD, which is obsessive compulsive birding disorder. And <laughs> uh, I told myself if I ever started a company, which I did in 2015. I was going to name it Obsessive Compulsive Birding, and lucky for me, when I went on to try and uh, find a domain name, the ObsessiveCompulsiveBirding.com domain name was available, so (laughs) needless to say, I jumped on it. Yeah, still available. All right, good to know. Well, Jim, we're we're getting close to being out of time here, and the main thing I want to do is uh, ask about how folks can register, how folks can get further details about the festival, and then uh, sign up to attend. It begins on January 24th. Yes, our website is scbisinboywa.net. They can go to that website. Uh, There's a lot of tabs at the top for um, registration, speakers, presentations, field trips, photography strands, ID workshops, and then there's actually a tab called General Information, mm-hmm. and our festival is going to be at the Radisson Resort at the port in Cape Canaveral. They go to that, and it'll take them right to uh, to the Radisson to book mm-hmm. a room. Okay. For folks who don't remember that web address, is there a way to do a quick search to find you? Uh, what, what should somebody SCB, Yep. SCBWA.net. All right. That's okay. SCB. So Space Coast Birding, scbwa.net. I think we've got it. Jim, thank you so much, and good luck with that uh, wonderful festival. Okay, thanks, Ray. Jim Eager there at the uh, great festival starting on January 24th uh, in Port Canaveral, Florida, for that week, 24th to the 27th. And I'll give you that web address again, scbwa.net. Coming up here on Talking Birds, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder. 
and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There it is again. It's our mystery bird. It's a large member of the thrush family, about 10 inches long with a plain brown back, white underwings, heavily spotted breast and flanks, gray on the rump and on the head, which sports a white eyebrow. Our bird, which feeds on insects and earthworms in the summer and on berries in the winter, breeds in woodland and scrub. Now, it's mostly in northern Europe and Asia. However, it is seen from time to time around the U.S. and southern Canada. We mentioned just north of Toronto, a very recent sighting there. So this bird can kind of show up almost anywhere. The number to call is 781-837-4900. We'll give the number again in a moment to reach us for the Mystery Bird Contest. Don't forget, no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. So take a guess if you're not sure and have a chance at these beautiful prizes from Broom Bird Care, a mega 600-feeder, extra-large tube that holds nearly two and a half pounds of seed. It's easy to clean, it's chew-proof, has the Broom ventilation system, and the Broom Lifetime Care warranty. And our other beautiful prize from Fresh Cut Paper, five of those gorgeous floral bouquets that are wilt-proof and crafted to last a lifetime. Beautiful prizes. And we have a bonus prize if we get to our bonus questions. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's see. We're going to uh, Larry. Uh, is that where we're going, I think, first? Usually we go to Let's Ask Mike first. Let's Ask Mike. That's right. I see the names up there, and uh, that's kind of how the show is going this morning. Yeah, we'll have Let's Ask uh, Mike, and then we'll have the Mystery Bird Contest, but Let's Ask Mike, almost live from the archive in just one minute. More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year, illegally. Poaching is just one of the risks animals face at our hands. I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor. I grew up in the beautiful rural countryside of Ohio, where animals roamed freely in the open forests. I have a deep concern to help preserve those open spaces for our wildlife friends so they can live and thrive like they used to. Destruction of their habitats threaten their very existence. The best way to protect wildlife is to protect the land where they live. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust works with private landowners to protect wildlife, to preserve natural habitats, and establish permanent sanctuaries. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE. That's 800-729-SAVE or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. David, we're going to talk to a friend of yours, Mike O'Connor. This is him playing the banjo, I think. It's amazing. (laughs) He's a great banjo player. Right through the phone, the fidelity is remarkably good there. Good morning, Mike. Oh, man, I still got it. I still got that banjo touch. Uh, You do. You do, Earl. (laughs) Mr. Scruggs. (laughs) Earl Scruggs of Cape Cod. Yes, indeed. So, Mike, we've been uh, giving a little uh, intro to what you're talking about here, the idea that you get a beautiful new bird feeder and you fill it with seed and you put it out there and then you wait. 
Well, a lot of people got new bird feeders for Christmas, right? I think I, I think just the lucky people. Yeah. If you got a new bird feeder for Christmas, or if you're like David Clapp, you just you know picked up a broken one at a yard sale someplace. <laughs> and then you put it out there, and and if it's your first feeder you've ever had, it takes a while for birds to discover it because they don't know that all of a sudden you're going to decide to feed birds. So they've they've kind of written your yard off as a place to find food. So. When you put fill it with sunflower, like I always say, and then maybe if you have a picnic table or, or a piece of plywood or a board, sprinkle some seed below it. Because remember, birds don't find food by smelling. These backyard birds don't. It's all visual. So they're not going to recognize the feeder. They'll recognize the food. And so if you broadcast some food on the ground or if you have snow, put it up on, like I said, a picnic table or a board. Then give them something a target to find. Now, if you already have feeders and, and birds are already coming on a regular basis, again, if you put out a new feeder, oftentimes they ignore the new feeder because they, just like we sit at the same seat at the dinner table every night, birds go to what they're used to and what they know is comfortable and safe. So they'll continue to go to the older feeders. So what I tell people to do is let the old feeders run down and then, or take them in. But I just let it run down because I'm, I'm kind of lazy. And then when the birds come, the feeder's empty, and then they have to venture over to the new one and dis- discover that for the first time. Right. There it is. Top yeah. quality advice. To start Pretty the new exciting year. stuff, yeah. huh, you guys? I hope you wrote it down, David. I did. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. Top quality <laughs> and exciting. Thank you, Mike. All right, you guys. Happy New Year, you too. Yeah, bye, Mike. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Talk to you next week. By the way, for David Clapp fans, and there are many, you can hear that whole show. When David was our guest, it was our show number um, 709. Let me check that. Uh, Yes, 709 on the 6th of January, 2019. You can find it under the listen button at TalkingBirds.com. And one more time, we hear the mystery bird here. And this is the actual time when we take some calls here. At 781-837-4900 to tell us what that bird is. Have a chance at those lovely prizes. Uh, We're going uh, first to Larry in Situate, Massachusetts. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. What do you think, Larry, on the the mystery bird there? I think it's a wood thrush. A wood thrush. We did say it was a thrush, so why wouldn't it be a wood thrush? Because it isn't a wood thrush, I guess is the answer. That is a top-quality guest, Larry, but thank okay. you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Larry's zoning in there on the fact that that is a thrush. No question about it, but not that particular one. Andrew is somewhere in the great state of Maine. Uh, good morning, Andrew. Hi, Ray. Hi. I'm, in, I'm up in Hartswell. Hartswell, Maine. Uh, can you pinpoint that for us for those who are geographically challenged? I'm about 10 minutes from Brunswick, 40 minutes north of Portland, so we're kind of in the, uh, the angle of Maine. Okay, 40 minutes north of Portland. Okay, that, that's uh, most folks, well, many folks would figure that out. All right. So, Andrew, you heard the uh, clues there, maybe, and you heard the sound of the bird, and what about the uh, identification of the bird? I think it's a field fair. A field fair. Let me check what it says here on the paper. It says field fair. Yes. <laughs> nice job. Whew. <laughs> Field fair is correct. Nice job, uh, Andrew. And I'm I'm stalling here because I want to look and see if we have our um, mystery bird bonus question. And I know we have it here somewhere. But th- since we're losing things uh, uh, this morning, we're kind of losing that too. But I think we might find it if you'd like to do okay. a bonus question. Absolutely, I'd love to. Okay. 
so that means I have to find it. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, here it is. So this is not, uh, as sometimes we do, not a directly bird-related question, but of course birds are always involved when the climate is involved and our, and our planet is involved. So here we go. Our, it's a multiple choice. A famous figure called on members of the recent U.N. Climate Summit to strive for an essential breakthrough agreement to stem global warming, and that includes the elimination of fossil fuels, saying that climate had run amok. Who was it Mm -hmm. that issued this call to action? Was it A, Bill Gates, B, Barack Obama, C, Pope Francis, or D, Connie Francis? Those for those who might <laughs> I remember Connie Francis. She is still around, I I believe. So, uh, Andrew, what do you say? Which one of those do you think? Who said that? Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess Pope Francis. Pope Francis is a better guess than Connie Francis or any of those other choices. <laughs> Pope Francis, yeah. So did the world leaders heed the Pope's call? While some countries committed to more ambitious cuts to heat-trapping pollution, many did not agree to rein in emissions fast enough for the world to avoid the worst damage from climate-driven storms and heat waves and droughts. Um, The potential good news is that climate experts say the goal could still be within reach if countries follow through on their promises. Andrew, nice work all around. If you'll stay on the line, Jesse will get your info. Sounds good. Thank you, Rick. Thank you so much. And guess what? We are all of a sudden out of time. Thanks for being with us, and see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And by Vortex Optics with the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com.